0: Welcome to GeoCache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon 1, where I explore the world of geocaching. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the GeoCache Adventures Facebook page. You can also follow GeoAdventures on Buy Me a Coffee for a behind the scenes look on every episode. That's one word, G E O Adventures. It's free to follow, or you can become a member and unlock exclusive posts and information. Your memberships go a long way for helping support the podcast and are greatly appreciated. Hey everybody, Amy Shadow Dragon one here, and I'm going to talk to you today about caching on vacation. And at the end of the episode, we're going to hear some tips from some other geocachers of what they recommend you do when caching on vacation as well. Whether you're planning a trip around geocaching or just looking for some way to add a little more to your trip, whether it's camping or a trip to a different city, geocaching is a great way to do it. Here are a few things to consider. There are actually travel agencies that focus around planning geocaching vacations, if that is something you're looking to do. We talked to one of them back in season two, episode six, Geocaching Adventures Travel Agency, they will help you plan a trip to many different destinations around the world and plan around geocaching. If you're not looking to do something like that, if you're looking to stay a little bit more local or something else, you know, maybe you're looking to do a road trip, geocaching is a great way to add to it. So, before you go, there are some things to consider Google the area you're going to. A lot of tourist bureaus and a lot of cities, parks departments and stuff, are now advertising geocaching in their area. It's a great way to find highlights, Ogeo tours, check it out, there's all kinds of articles for different cities and locations about geocaching in those specific areas. You can check local area Facebook groups, See if there's a Facebook group for the area you're going to go geocaching in and ask for recommendations. It's a great way to get local favorites and people will definitely give you advice on where to go. Don't forget to follow the favorite points. High favorite points means awesome cache or awesome location and can definitely help you figure out the must-do caches in an area. Look ahead before you go, plan it out, make a list, you can make a list in the geocaching.com app or on the website of caches that you don't want to miss on getting. But you may want to prioritize these caches in case you run short on time or daylight Or if you're like me and you're traveling with muggles, you may have to compromise on how many geocaches you can get. So if you mark out your must-have priority caches ahead of time, you can talk to them out, let them know, and you guys can plan on when you get those. Make sure you stock up your geocaching kit. You don't want to get out there with your kit and realize you don't have any pens, you ran out of swag too early. You don't have extra batteries for your GPS, or a handheld charger for your phone, or a charge cord or something. Go through your kit, stock it up, make sure you're ready to go before you go out. If you're looking to do any puzzle caches, I suggest you solve those ahead of time. You don't want to get down to wherever you're going and you're stuck and you can't solve the puzzle and can't find the cache. So if you're doing puzzles, solve those ahead of time. Work them out, save your coordinates, and then go out there and get it. Another thing you can do, check with your other geocaching friends to see if they have trackables that need to go the direction you're heading. A lot of trackables have goals attached to them, and unfortunately, not everybody reads those goals, but a lot of them do have them. So if your trackables are trying to get to a specific place and you're headed that direction, you can help people move their trackables along. So check into that. While you're caching on vacation, definitely consider some different types. Maybe types that you can't normally get, uh, such as the webcam cache or virtuals that are becoming more and more rare. Another really rare, probably the rarest cache type out there currently, is the ape cache. There are only two of them left currently. If you're going to Brazil or Washington State in the U.S., you've got to see if you're going to be anywhere near these or if you can make a detour to get to them. The Brazil Cache GC is GCC67. The one for Washington State is GC1169. If you're anywhere near those areas, you're definitely going to want to try to hit those up on your trip and check those out. Another great opportunity for while you're on vacation is picking up counties. A lot of people love to collect counties to cash in. If you're doing a road trip, this can be a great way to do it. Or if you want to try working on the jasmer, a trip is a great way to pick up caches that you may need to complete the jasmer. Some people like to hunt for the oldest caches in each state or Providence or area. That's another great thing to do on a trip. Is you're in a new area see if you can find the oldest cache for that area. There are some other types you may want to consider, some types that may appeal a bit more to muggles if you're traveling with them. Adventure Labs are a great one for this. Now not all geocachers like Adventure Labs. Some people are on the fence about them. I love them. It's something that I can do. My husband is a muggle. I've mentioned that before. He's enjoyed the adventure labs I've taken him to because there's something for him at them. And it can be a great way to explore a new area. You also don't need to worry about carrying tools of the trade for them. So if you have to pack lights, adventure labs may be the way to go for you. Virtuals, I mentioned they're not nearly as common as they used to be. This is another great one to do with muggles because it usually highlights something really neat in the area that they can enjoy as well they're also very likely to be around tourist areas so it's a great way to check out different things adventure labs virtuals even earth caches can be a great way to check out something new in an area and have something for the muggles that are with you to maybe enjoy as well versus just grabbing a traditional something to keep in mind for virtuals and earth caches both they both tend to have additional logging requirements questions that you have to answer in order to claim the cache and prove that you were there so looking up that ahead of time and knowing what you need to look for and need to do when you get to the virtual or Earthcast location will save you time. You can make a list of what the questions are or print off the online sheets and have that information with you so you can get the information you need and log it later. Multis are another one you may not always consider doing on a vacation but some people love to do multis on vacation because it can be a way to give you sort of a mini tour Of an area so that's something to consider. It may be kind of hit or miss with multis, depending on the area that you're at and the waypoints it takes you to but it could give you a little mini tour of the area. There's a really crazy long multicache in Central Park that gives you a tour of all the bridges in that area and people rave about it if it's a great one to do. So Multis can be a great way to tour areas in a different way. If you have any challenges that you're trying to complete, check to see if there's any in the area of where you're going to be traveling to that can help you complete those challenges. Or check out any challenge caches in the area because you can go find it, sign the log, even though you don't qualify for it just yet, maybe... And then log in online when you do, or maybe you will find a Challenge Cache that you qualify for when you're in the area. Either way, a Challenge Cache can be a great way to add to a geocaching trip, or just a trip where you're wanting to do a little bit of geocaching and they're with it. GeoTours are becoming more popular in areas. Um, Some areas, the tourist bureaus or the Parks Department are actually keeping up with the geotours and maintaining them. The geotours, sometimes called geotrails, um, the tours are a series of geocaches through an area, and the series of geocaches gives you essentially a tour of that area and highlights some of the gyms of the area. I did a geotour when we were in Kentucky for MOGA, 2021 and it was awesome it highlighted um different sculptures in that area there were several of them close together it was a nice walking trail and it was right there on the riverfront but we probably wouldn't have gone and found those um statues and sculptures if we hadn't done the geotour and oftentimes when you do the Geo tour, when you complete all of them you can go to a website and enter some additional information that you've completed it and there's a geo coin or a shirt or something that you can purchase some of the geotours tours have um, special edition geo coins and stuff made up for like the first 500 people that complete it sometimes you have that attached to a D- geo tour So that's definitely worth checking out and looking into. Uh, Typically, you should get a souvenir for completing a geotour. One of those digital souvenirs on the geocaching app. If you like souvenirs for the geocaching app, I think they're fun. I love to get them. That's another thing that you can do for trips and geocaching is finding souvenirs. Every state you go to, different countries, you get souvenirs for those new locations. So it can just be a fun little way to add to your trip as well. Also look out for geocaching events in the area while you're there. It can be a great way to meet local cachers, or you can just host one yourself if you want to. I've talked to... A couple different geocachers that that's exactly what they do they plan ahead of time they know where they're gonna go and they host a little meet-and-greet at a ice cream shop or a park so that they can meet other geocachers and just talk to them because that's what they love doing so it's a great way to meet other geocachers and then you can ask them questions about the area what's a must see what's a must do what caches do I have to hit up that can be a great way to help you explore the area as well and make new friends If you're planning on geocaching and you're not going to be able to log your caches right away, maybe you're in an area that doesn't have great service, maybe you guys are just doing so much that day that you don't have time to stop and log every geocache that you found on your phone. You're going to want to have a system worked out ahead of time so that when you do get back to internet service, you're going to be able to log the caches that you found and remember it. So keep that in mind. Work something out that's going to be quick and easy for you to jot down a note in your phone or something something that you're not going to lose and that you can keep track of so that way later when you're coming back and you're able to log them online, you don't forget which ones you actually hit up. If you're wanting to do Adventure Labs and the service area is iffy, there is a way to do Adventure Labs offline. Uh, we talked about this in the previous episode with Scott Miller, GMX times two, geocaching name. I will link to that episode in the show notes and link to the instructions for how to do them offline in the show notes of this episode as well. So you can check that out and have that on hand if you need them. If you're looking for some places to plan a geocaching trip around but need some ideas, here are 10 of the best cities to geocache in according to thetravel.com. Starting at number 10, and I apologize if I don't pronounce these quite correctly, St. Nada in New Zealand. Number 9, West Bend, Wisconsin. Number 8, Las Vegas, Nevada. Number seven, Anchorage, Alaska. Six, Shel- Shelburne, Nova Scotia. Five, Big Horn National Forest in Wyoming. Four, San Francisco, California. Three, Carson National Forest to Frankfurt, Germany and the number one place according to this list, New York City in, of course New York. So check those out. I will link to the article by thetravel.com in the show notes so you can check it out. The article gives a little bit of information for why these ones were selected. So check that out if you're looking for some ideas of places to go. Another great way to get idea of places to take a trip to to go geocaching is talk to your geocaching friends. See where they recommend you go if they've gone. Or really just wherever you want to go. There are geocaches all over the world. So more than likely any place you're wanting to go visits, you may find a cache or two there or some along the way. So just pull it up in the app or on the website, wherever you're looking to go take a trip to. And I'm sure there are geocaches in the area somewhere or somewhere nearby. So just check it out. And now let's hear some advice from some other geocachers for caching while traveling.
1: Hey, everybody, this is Where Is It Now from the Where Is It Now Geocaching podcast. Shadow Dragon One asked me if I had any tips about caching while on vacation well here's the philosophy around i think what any tip should be and that is what will you regret the most that you don't do or that you didn't do and so i'm going to cover that as it pertains to cruise ships now with covid having been kind of going on for the last couple of years not as many people are as cruising but I promise you, you're going to get back to it. And I highly recommend it as a way to see a lot of countries and possibly get a lot of geocaching. But here's, what, here's where my tip comes into play. When you go on a cruise ship and you're going to geocache, one of the disadvantages is you don't have a car usually. And the other disadvantage is sometimes you only have two to four hours to grab a geocache and to do anything else you wanna do while you're uh, in at port. So tip number one for this is do your research before you go. And really that's true no matter how you're traveling, but do your research before you go. What you're looking for if you don't have much time is something super easy, super close that's been found recently, right? Look for something that's a one-one. Honestly, no matter what type of cacher you are, you do want a light pole cover if there is one, seriously, because you want to accomplish the mission. So my advice is pick out two caches per port, one that's super easy like I just talked about, and one that you think you might want, a place you might want to visit or something you might want to see. But if you have at least two picked out and and more is better, okay, then you stand a really good chance of accomplishing your goal. The other thing is once you save all these, save them to a list and save that list as an offline list. Depending on whether you sign up to have cell service while you're out of the country and by the way that does cost extra money Uh, if you do that or not you're still going to want to have uh access to your list without having cell service you're going to you're going to want your gps to take you to where you go okay so so far we got plan ahead find two at least two caches one of them super easy and uh, grab those and make them offline available now let me tell you the regrets i have about cruising i've done almost all those things gotten to the pier or the place kind of nearby and one of two things has happened to me more than once number one i go to the place and cannot find the cash cannot find it and so because i didn't have a backup I had no other idea what to do, and because I didn't have cell service, then I couldn't search for more. It was a predicament. The other thing I've run into is that I pick a cache that's close, uh, having made no attempt to uh, to get a car or do anything else, even like a taxi, and what I find out is it looks small on the map when you're at home, but when you get there and you have to walk, it looks really far away. So, I'm going to tell you, be willing to pay a taxi, hand him your phone and say, go here. Whatever you have to do, it may cost you 10 bucks, 15 bucks to find that cash. But I promise you, if you go to foreign countries and don't find one cash at least in each of those countries, that's what you're going to regret. I'm Where Is It Now? and I'll see you next time. Hello, this is Varv Harkin from Peoria, Illinois. Recently, my daughter and I went to Colorado for a college visit. We were only there for 24 hours, so we had to make the best use of our time when caching. So what we did was we used favorite points to guide us to the caches that we were going to attempt while we were there. We ended up getting 10 caches in about a f- three hour turnaround so we didn't do too bad.
2: Hey everyone, this is Derek Six Clan from the Geocache Talk Network on Gadget Talk and also Behind the Cache. You know when I go to a new area one of the biggest things I look for when I'm looking to see what type of caches I want to find I always start off going through my filters and doing a favorite point search. I set my filters to at least a minimum of 10 favorite points, and I start searching from there. After that, if I'm depending on who's with me, if if my kids are with me, I'm going to look for the large or easily find caches that are along a trail. That's a really nice trail because, you know, Caching with kids, a lot of times they're not going to want to go do that bushwhacking, but there are some really great high favorite point caches that are just right off the trail that they absolutely love doing. The other thing I always look for is if there's a gadget in the area, I'm definitely going to go after a gadget cache. I hope that helps with these tips, and once again, I hope you have fun, and those are the things that I look for in a geocache when I come to a new area.
3: Hi, my name is Tom TTFN Caching from Toledo, Ohio. I've done a few geocaching vacations. Um, Mainly last year I did my first going caching in Georgia. But as far as actual vacations, I did a family trip to Gatlingburg, Tennessee. And it was not supposed to be geocaching, but I realized I was not really quite prepared for uh, what I... Did or did not see. One thing I would recommend if you do a family vacation and you want to introduce geocaching to your family is plan ahead. In the Smoky Mountains, for example, there is no cell signal. So when you're walking past some of these tourist traps, you might be walking past a geocache without even noticing. If you're in a hotel or a place that has Wi Fi, download anything offline if you're using a cell phone. It helps, trust me. This is the Little Black Dog, and my best vacation geocaching tip is to plan
1: ahead. Figure out where you're going and look at the geocaching map and see what is available. A new spot often means a new or rare type for you. Those scenic vacation spots often attract virtuals, earth caches, and adventures. A little planning ahead means you will know what pictures to take and what answers you need. It also means you won't miss that quick traditional in the parking lot. I like making lists on the geocaching site to keep track of everything. That way you can save the list to your phone for offline use, or to easily make a pocket query for your GPS. For caches that need answers, like virtuals and earth caches, I usually print out those pages so I have something to take notes on. That can really come in handy. And don't forget your
3: pen.
4: My caching name is Nanny-tastic. When geocaching on vacation, I feel it is helpful to make a list, and premium members can do so up in the corner of the app. Um, I believe you can also do so from your computer at home. Therefore, if you know which highway you're taking and you don't mind going, okay, I'm going to go three miles off route this way or this way or this way, or swing by this rest area because there's a cache here, make a list of them. And then you don't have to check back and forth. And you can do that directly from the app. Leah here from Remnants Do Podcast. I'm a geocacher, and my geocaching name is my podcast name, Remnants Do Podcast, because we launched a trackable campaign called Release the Kraken. Check it out. Uh, We have trackables all over the United States and and some even all over the world. Uh, But my advice in geocaching while on vacation is... Do it <laughs> because you know that's what ge- geocaching is about, exploring new places and and seeking adventure, and sometimes the geocaches in your area, you know they get a little stale, you found them, um so yeah, get out there and do that, but I have to say my number one advice is about safety. You know, I was on a road trip once by myself, and I stopped at a rest stop, of course, to go to the bathroom, and looked to see if there was a geocache there. I was excited to find that there was because this was a beautiful place. Yeah, it was a rest stop, but it was in a wooded area, and it had a lake with a trail running around it, and the day was gorgeous. So I started out hiking on that trail that went around the lake looking for the cache. Then I noticed a man coming from the opposite direction. Now listen, he's probably just out there enjoying the day just like me. But for safety reasons, of course, you have to consider the worst. And I all of a sudden just became aware of the situation that I put myself in because no one knew where I was. If I didn't make it home for whatever reason, my family wouldn't have the slightest idea of where to begin searching. So I decided to play it safe. I gave up my search for the geocache and just uh, turned in the opposite direction and just went back to my car and left. Um, So safety, though, doesn't just apply when you're alone or if you're just, you know, if you're a woman, accidents do happen. So my advice would be to just take a moment to communicate with somebody where you are, what you're doing, and when they should start worrying if they haven't heard back from you. Um, And that's, you know, if you're headed into the woods, but also if you're scooting around an unfamiliar town and whether you're alone or whether you have a fellow geocacher with you, it takes just a second to send someone a text and it can really make a difference. So that's my advice along with always having a geocaching bag with you at all times that has a pen, tweezers, and swag, especially swag. And, you know, if you're on vacation in a different part of the world um, or a different part of the country or a different state, you know, maybe have some swag from your neck of the woods. So drop something from Texas if you are geocaching in Minnesota. Whatever. I mean, that's have some fun with it. Thank you, Amy, for letting me chime in. And one more just... Shameless self-promotion. If you need something curious to listen to while on a trip or while geocaching and you're into the strange and bizarre, then check out Remnants too.
0: So the cache highlight for today is actually two geocaches. It's two geocaches because they are located at the exact same spot. One's a virtual and one's an earth cache. And these geocaches we found actually... Um, while we were on a trip, we were at MOGA in, in Kentucky, MOGA 2021. And then we actually left MOGA a bit early to go to Indiana for a family event. And it's a long drive from Osboro, Kentucky to Indianapolis, Indiana. And we had to stop somewhere along the way. So we were looking for a place to stop. And I said, well, let's find a geocache and get the souvenir for the state of Indiana. So I was looking at the app ahead of time while my husband was driving. And we found this one in Jasper, Indiana. The GC code for the virtual is GC9AAC, and that one's called GeoGarden. The earth cache is gc Three five zero C seven, and it's called Geode Grotto. If you haven't guessed yet that it has something to do with geodes, well, it does. So this is located behind the Saint Joseph's Catholic Church in Jasper, Indiana. If you look at the EarthCache description page, it gives um, some of the history behind what was created here it fills four city blocks of this beautiful garden with all these structures made out of geodes and it's intended as like a religious garden with religious statues even if you're not religious it is beautiful to see all these geodes and the construction it's really interesting really neat structures um geodes were chosen and it says this on the earth cache page they were chosen as the building material because uh south central indiana is known as the geode belt they're rather abundant there and they get used in landscaping in that area a lot so it was chosen for that. So it's very unique just because of the building material that it is. It's it's not just landscaped. It's walls and things made out of geodes. It's, it's amazing. I'll have some pictures in the show notes that you can check out online. It was really neat. And the fact that it was an earth cache and a virtual basically on top of each other. They had different logging requirements. But... It was really neat to do. So we picked there. It was a great place to stop and get out and stretch our legs and walk around. Um, me, my husband, and my son, we all enjoyed it. It was a really neat area to just see and to see this structure that was made. It, it's super cool. If you're ever in Jasper, Indiana, I would recommend checking out the the Geode Garden, Geode Grotto it, it's worth seeing. Like I said, even if you're not religious, it's a neat place to go see. You don't have to go through the church. It's behind. It's open to the public. You just walk up on the sidewalk and, and go up there and check it out. It, I definitely recommend it. It's a neat place and something that we wouldn't have found if we hadn't been geocaching. And it was a great little stop to let us get out and stretch and rest for a bit from the truck while we were driving in between locations and it really added to our trip getting to have that experience it was really neat thank you for listening to geocache adventures I hope you enjoyed this episode have you heard of FTF magazine it's the magazine for geocachers filled with articles and snippets sent in by geocachers just like you I'm a subscriber myself and I love it check them out today at ftfgo.com and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. Would you like to be a guest on a show or have a topic you'd like to hear covered? Reach out and let me know. Just go to the geocacheadventures.org website and click on the contact page to reach out.